Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Jabroni, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-X-Y-Z-A-B-C. Oh, it doesn't matter, you spell Jabroni. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. BJ Cruz here with uh, my tag team partner. Happy anniversary, Jay. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. I, though, like, now that we uh, introduced the video side of this thing, like, I feel like I have to get dressed every time. I know. So, like, I'm, I, Me too, I, yeah. I, I, I shaved, um, sort of, what I have, and then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I took a shower. Yeah, it's uh, but this is like this is their only way of going out. You know, this is like that form right. that we have now. So it's uh, but hey, look, we made it to a year, so we should have shaved and showered. It's a big, big, <laughs> big episode. It's our one year anniversary episode. Uh, a year ago, we um, sluggishly hopped on the mics after WrestleMania 35 after seven hours of wrestling and recorded and our, drinking and seven drink, hours of wrestling and drinking. Yeah. And drinking uh, a lot of IPAs and uh, we recorded our first ever episode and it was, um, it was phenomenal. And you know, we've we're, now we're here actually. So before we, well, let me, let me take care of some housekeeping stuff. We are of course brought to you by the blue wire network and our friends over at BetOnline.ag. And please, please, please don't don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple Podcast users, please give us that five star rating. And if you're feeling spicy and, you know, maybe send over some congratulatory happy one year reviews. Five stars only, though, or one star, whatever you choose. Yeah. No two stars. We don't we don't play with that. No two stars. Uh, make sure you follow us on social at Two Jabronis Pod on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow us at Two Jabronis Pod in the BR app as well. Make sure you follow Ben at Cruise Control. That's Control with a K, and you can follow me at Jeremy A. Loss. And uh, if you, we we've been starting to do video podcasts for every episode now. So find us on YouTube, uh, our our YouTube channel, I should say, Two Jabronis or the Wrestling Podcast, the full thing. Before we get into the main event, Jay, I got a little surprise for you. I didn't tell you about this. I've got, uh, I have a. Got you a little one-year anniversary gift. These are on their way to your house. Oh, my God. You got me the ham and slam? Yes. And the, yes, what? These are on their way. I know you can see it says 40% off, but I'm like, what can I say? I don't care. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. No, of course. So uh, there's that. And uh, I, I joked a little bit on the, on our last show that that was coming. Also, for everyone who's watching the video pod, that is the background of my wife and daughter. All right. I'm stopping <laughs> the screen share, going back to the show. All right. Let's hop into the main event. And for this week's main event, uh, we, we talked a lot of WrestleMania 36 already. We, we did two shows after each night um, of WrestleMania this past weekend. And uh, we, we want to start looking forward. We actually we, we we're bringing on someone to talk about WrestleMania 36 as well after this. But uh, we, we want to look ahead. So we want to do 
WrestleMania 37 predictions. This is huge, man. WrestleMania. It's never too early to do predictions for WrestleMania. Never too early. It never. We we come from Bleacher Report too. It's kind of like in our blood, uh, <laughs> just in terms of creating content. So uh, WrestleMania 37, obviously going to be held in LA. We uh, assuming everything is fine uh, with the world by then. We will be making that trip to LA. I, I put that on uh, on my wife's calendar. Or letting her know that that is on our calendar. <laughs> uh, well, whether... when it was announced, I told my I like looked over my wife. I was like, "Yeah, so I'm going to that. Yeah, I'm like, gonna be gone pretty much all week. So yeah, we we just be ready for that. <laughs> we we kind of had to be. So anyway, WrestleMania 37. So just set up how we're gonna talk about this and how we're gonna predict it. So instead of doing the entire card, because obviously like predicting the entire card a year out is incredibly difficult, and sure. you never know how many matches and how many nights uh, are actually gonna be. Uh, going on. So what we're going to do is we're going to predict five matches. There's no stipulations in terms of like you have to predict a certain amount of title title matches or anything like that. It's just five matches that you believe are going to happen on Wrestle- at WrestleMania. Um, I also sprinkled in stuff I want to see, by the way. Okay. That's, okay. that's part yeah. of it. But I, I try to make it as realistic as possible. So Same. Um, I'll, why don't you go first? You, you, bat, right. you bat lead off here. So in my predictions, I did predict the main event. This okay. seems fairly obvious considering where the where it's taking place. Sure. And I, I have a I have a strange feeling you have the same prediction. Main event is Roman Reigns versus The Rock. Okay. So yeah, I do have that. However, okay. mine has a wrinkle. Ooh, so tell me the wrinkle. I also this was also one of my one of my predictions, but I'm thinking since Russ, it's WrestleMania 37, it's in LA. It's in it's in the brand new who's it, the Chargers Stadium? Rams Chargers stadium. Rams, SoFi Stadium. Oh, right. The uh the shared stadium. It's a great idea. <laughs> um I'm predicting The Rock versus Roman Reigns versus John Cena in a triple threat match oh my God. for the title. Can you imagine like <laughs> for the title? For the title, baby. For oh, the title. Which title? Uh where did, I don't where's where's Roman? He's on SmackDown, so I guess that's the world heavyweight title. So yeah. Universal? Oh, sorry. Oh my god. Yeah, the universal title. It's been so long. Uh, wow! Since Roman's title, Johnson, that, yeah, I like that. That screams. Who's not watching that match? Like that. That brings in all of Hollywood, right? You have Rock and Cena, who are in like Fast and That's Fur- a Fast and the Furious match, right? Fast and the Furious Nine got pushed back to next year. Uh, obviously, The Rock has a little bit of a controversial relationship right now with Vin Diesel, but Cena is in that movie as a uh, Vin Diesel's brother. <laughs> yeah, because uh, they look very much alike. And then Roman, who kind of got his moment, unfortunately, taken away from him. Assu- this is hell, assuming health. Like, who is not watching this match? I don't care. Oh, I'm into. I'm into it. It's just like that's crazy. Now, here's a, here's another wrinkle. Okay. Do John Cena and The Rock wrestle as their Fast and Furious characters? <laughs> uh, Vin Diesel is a special guest referee. Special guest ref. Because they're all technically in the Fast and Furious franchise. Roman was in Hobbs and Shaw. He is. He is. That is correct. Um, how about this? Let's, let's change this up. Fatal Four Way. Throw Vin into the match. Oh Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Vin's gonna. Vin's gonna like full on like think it's a shoot and try to fight somebody. Yeah, he's gonna bring a Corona bottle as a weapon. Yeah. Um, so to answer your question, yes for Cena because it could be explained like he lost his mind after the Firefly Funhouse match. And he thinks he's Dom's and brother he, he in real life. He thinks he's Dom's brother. I think you have to keep the rock the rock because that is his pull. Uh, and you can't, like, as famous as Hobbs is, 
The Rock is exponentially more famous. Yeah. So uh, that that's what I want to see. So okay, so we that's least, one. Of, is, we that's one almost, of your predictions. That is one of my one of my predictions. Okay, we're so the why same don't you go to number two? The second one I have written down is Drew McIntyre. I, I think he's gonna be he's gonna have a really long run here as champion. Versus, and this is assuming he's still wrestling. <laughs> Daniel Bryan. Oh man, that's Ooh. a good match too. Yeah, it'd be a fire match. Obviously, little that big man, little so man. Good. Um, but I think that they could put on a magical match. They could do some amazing things together. Um, I, I, and I think eventually, like Drew has to become a heel champion because, like, this whole babyface run that he's been on has been fantastic. But he's so much better as a heel. Yeah, he is. I mean, he was he was really really good. So, and like, if if he's gonna have an extended run. Like him having an extended run as a face champion is just—it's just going to turn him into Seth Rollins, right? Like right. People are going to sour on him quickly, and he does have a very good heel persona. So I think yep. tapping into that with Brian kind of in there uh, to to work with him would be phenomenal. That is my pick I like that. number two. I like that a lot because Daniel Bryan actually does really good work with big guys. Like he did excellent work yep. with with Brock Lesnar. Like he's done great work with big guys. So yep, uh, I'm into that. This one, my next prediction, my second match. Uh, actually kind of riffs off of this past weekend and what we all really loved, which was the Boneyard match. Okay. Um, I have Taker versus Sting in a Boneyard match. Oh, my God. Pre-taped, do the same style. Um, I actually saw Bubba Ray Dudley say this um, over the weekend. I think he was on, uh, it was, I think it was on the bump. Uh, he said, like the only way the the boneyard match would have been better is if when Taker raised his fist and you see the pyro and you see the Taker symbol, Sting was on the roof with a bat, and I would have been like, <laughs> "Holy shit, that sounds awesome!" Yeah, the internet so, would have burned down. Oh wow. So okay, I want to take your idea. I I love it, but do they do they alter the location because it's like the boneyard thing's been done technically? So could they make it? I don't know something that kind of meets meets them in the middle sting i don't know kind of leaning into crow sting yeah i mean you could you can change locations you can have it in some like random ass warehouse you can do something cool i just think they need to like i know a lot of people are are running with the idea that this was taker's last match and him riding off was kind of the symbol of him just giving it up now right and what a way to go out if it is the way to go out like phenomenal but like I I think I speak for a lot of people in the sense of like we all want to see Taker versus Sting. We've wanted to see it since we were kids. Yeah, that... uh, and we missed out on that opportunity when 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 Sting came back at WrestleMania 31 for whatever reason they did Sting versus Triple H and Taker versus uh, Bray Wyatt when that was an obvious match there. Um, so why not do it? They're both old. They both can't work very long, and we sh- we saw what a pre-taped environment and, and it could do to the Undertaker. So let's let's do it for Taker Sting. Let's get the match we all want to see, and let's do it in an environment where they can thrive. Um, I think that'd be fucking incredible. It, it can also protect both of them, right? Because yeah, they, exactly. They can't work a live match all that well anymore. I don't think Sting is even medically cleared to do that. I think he the last time he wrestled, uh, he actually got really really hurt. So I yep. think in this form, you know, you can still get him on the card, but then protect him. Uh, protect both of them actually physically i like that idea uh so yes and i think just in general 
this might be this form of match, like this pre-tape cinematic match, by the way, might be kind of the new hell in a cell for WWE and that like that's the that's the match that everyone kind of all of a sudden goes, oh shit, like I have to pay attention to this, right? Like, yeah. And as long as they don't overdo it, I right, think it exactly. works. Like if they if they try to do this every month, then I think it becomes a problem. Well that's that's what but, happened to Hell in a Cell, right? That's what right. that that specialness and that rarity wore off. I mean it became a pay per view and all of a sudden you just kind of expected it. And I think if they do keep it, you know, kind of like a, as a special event then they've they've got they're working with something i like that yep that's a really good all right one. moving on to my third yep this one i think you're gonna like okay seth rollins okay versus adam cole for the wwe title wow 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 yes i love that <laughs> um like come on like this is this just screams five-star match to me oh it screams um that's like a thousand star match right there and also adam cole by this time next year should be a mainstay on Raw or SmackDown. Okay. Um, he is already the longest reigning NXT champion. You put him in against the first NXT champion. Um, they both have similar styles. I think you can do faction. Like if they continue this Monday Night Messiah thing, you can do faction versus faction. You can have the Undisputed Era versus the yes. Messiah and his, and his yeah. pro. Um, I just think there's an angle to work there. Um, and I think it would be a hell of a match. <laughs> no, it would be incredible. If they could add a stipulation in there too. Just not not nothing too crazy, not like hell in the cell, but um well no, 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 keep it. Keep it pure. I want yeah, it. Yeah, just a just pure like, wrestling match. It'd like be great. A, just like a steak, a little salt, a little pepper. That's what we need. Um I do I, I do think there would be a lot of memes, a lot of the Spider Man memes, because like these dudes kind of have like the same the same look. look that just Seth has a lot more chest hair. <laughs> right? And so, facial hair, but yeah. Yeah. So, but that being said, it would be, damn, that's a really good match. And that actually, that prediction kind of shits on my next one. I kind of All right, hit me with this. My, it's, it's ironically also Adam Cole based. So I had Adam Cole, I went safe. I went Adam Cole versus Finn Balor in a one-on-one match. Because I do think that that could be a Flames match too. Um, and I think Cole, or Adam, Cole, so two things. Adam Cole not being on WrestleMania this year, like I think, I think he would have been. Yeah, under any normal circumstances, they would have found a way to put him on the card, mm-hmm. just kind of like they did at Survivor Series, right? Like he defended the title at Survivor Series. And one of the one of my takeaways from WrestleMania 36 was it was a little weird to not have Finn Balor on the card. Like it was just right. it just felt awkward because I was kind of when as I was doing the retrospective roundtable pods that we did. You know, I was just kind of looking back. And every time I would look back at the card, Finn was involved in some capacity, right? Like, he's kind of always been misused and miscast on the main roster. But he was just always there and always did a phenomenal job. And uh, the, my rationale with this prediction was just kind of getting him back back on. So Now, would that be for... That would just be a normal match? Or would you put in the NXT title? I had the NXT title uh, on the line there. But, you again, you kind of had a better idea with calling Cole up to the main... Or the... Raw or SmackDown, and kind of having him vie for that title. So, which is, which I think. Is I mean, good. I like the match. I, I just feel like it's going to happen way before WrestleMania. I feel sure. like this happens at SummerSlam weekend. Hey, either. Oh, please. Like, what if? All right, we're going to sidetrack here. What if SummerSlam weekend? It's Adam Cole versus Finn Balor. Winner take all. They both have belts. Adam Cole is NXT champion. Finn Balor is NXT UK champ? champion. Ooh, yes, please. And then, we, and then we have. A double champ somehow. Oh yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay, I mean, 
All right, moving on to your number four. My fourth one. This one's a little weird, a little funky. Okay. Okay. But I've got the fiend, Bray Wyatt. Okay. Taking on my best friend, Brock Lesnar. Jesus Woo! Christ, I had the exact same match <laughs> in the exact same spot. There it is. <laughs> yes. We got to book it. We got to book oh it. Oh, my God. And we did, That's incredible. We did, we did not talk about this off air. We just said make predictions. Um, we just think of the same wave. Like, we've been doing this a year now. You know? Right? We're just, we're just, we same, just, same match, same spot. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I Man, the... The fiend, like the lead up to it, the buildup of promos between the fiend and Paul Heyman. Oh, just man. sign me up for that. Jesus, I, I would watch an hour of them just kind of ban. Like that's a movie, basically. Them just could you talking. see like the Brock running into the fu- the funhouse and just destroying everything because he's pissed off because he can't find Bray yeah. Wyatt. Like that kind of stuff, that kind of storytelling. Oh, like the possibilities are endless there. Like they could do a funhouse match if they wanted to, but they don't. They don't need to. It could be a regular match and it'd still be fine because yeah. Bray can yeah. work. But I mean, th- there's probably a kidnapping angle in there at some point. <laughs> like Bray's going to kidnap Paul Heyman. There's going to be a Paul Heyman doll. There's going to be a Brock Lesnar doll. Suplex sit. Like there's so much stuff that uh, that Bray could do. And oh man, that was. I mean, there's a reason why both of us thought of it independently. It it would be. Phenomenal. That could be. That could also be a way to get the fiend like really, really over if he kind of quote-unquote buries brock lesnar right exactly that'd be holy shit man all right that's there's a reason why we both have yes that's awesome all All right right, moving on to my last one yep this is something that probably should have happened this year but obviously it didn't um i have becky versus ronda rousey in a street fight Ooh, street fight yes is this we need to have this for a title is this for a title um no I don't have it as a title in my in my notes. I just have it as the street fight, just a, a regular fight. Like, there's so much history and there's been so much trash talk. Um, I think there needs to be a blow off since Ronda hasn't had a chance to um, come back and and basically like shut up Becky. So I think this would be a way. Like, you can have Ronda come back, win the Rumble, um, if you want to have a belt involved, and then this is what you have as a blow off: is you have Becky versus Ronda in a street fight. Right. Yeah. I think it'd be I like, fucking awesome. We just need that one on one. I mean, yep. as and with like a more legit finish between the two, like yep. watching back 35, like it was like it was a really good match. You know, that triple threat. It was still a little weird with kind of Charlotte being in there because, again, triple threats in the main title picture. I mean, I, I'm saying that, but then I, I booked Reigns, Rock and Cena. Um, I w- that's all goes to say, like, we wanted Becky Ronda. And this, I, I like it. This would be a great way to uh, to put it in. And the street fight just kind of adds that, like, that would add a lot more emotion, a lot more hate into yep. into the rivalry. So, like or like idea. a street fight, or you can do a sell. I mean, yeah. anything that you could have yeah. Ronda like lean into Ronda's instincts as a fighter, right? Um, and showcase her instincts as a fighter. I think that sure. would be great. Um, a sell would just add to the fact like Ronda's back in a cage kind of thing. Um, but I like the street fight angle because I think it I think it'd be more interesting, especially in an arena where you can walk walk out amongst the crowd, do all that kind of stuff, uh, do things that they couldn't do with uh, Edge versus Randy Orton. Right. Exactly. There you go. All right. So that's your five. That's a really yep. good card by you. All right. So snaking over to my last prediction. This is actually it's not it's not too crazy. This is actually something I I would love to see. 
uh, I would love to see. It's a tag match. Booking a tag match. Okay. I want to see the New Day taking on the Street Profits. Oh, that build, that build up would be nice. It'd be it would be like an earlier in the mat in the card match, but like there's a lot of those guys can talk. <laughs> a lot of those guys can yeah. talk and they can go. Uh, I like I was trying to book Kofi bagging in the main title picture, but just with kind of with every like where it is and how they're probably going to play it, I figured that they would they're still going to put them on the card, but New Day versus Street Profits is uh that'd be my jam. Those are yeah, that'd be an excellent match yeah. just for Montez and and, uh, and Kofi. Kofi alone, yeah. that'd be uh, incredible. Um, I'm starting to wonder. Like, part of me is starting to do the countdown of when they're going to pull the plug on the new day. Like, the new day is great. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but there's got to be a time where they pull the plug and they do a breakup. It's so. I, I don't know if it's anytime soon to be honest because like I know it's felt like a long time but I think what they're they've been together like five six years now Something so like that, in yeah. every every interview and every podcast that I listen to with them obviously they have their own podcast they, they talk about they firmly believe that they don't want to do that right it's just like that's their that's their hardline stance I mm-hmm. almost respect it right because it's like every time a group comes together we're all inherently just counting down the hours until they are done right like that's that's what we're always waiting for like every time we watch a pay-per-view together and it's like a t- you're always, you you're always screaming at the tv like turn so yeah. <laughs> it's um i don't think that they would do that because of how strongly they believe in that and two like they have the podcast now right which is by the way i mean thanks for listening to this podcast so that podcast is blowing us out the water right <laughs> it's an wise, incredible podcast yeah, yeah. It's, and like it's it's on the uh, apple podcast main page and everything else and like the things that they do, do together and like sure they could on screen kind of break up and then off screen still do the pod and and, and you know keep it that way i just don't see them doing that because i th- and like together there's there's just something special there i think that individually they know they kind of saw that where their where their ceiling was and together they just kind of burst through that ceiling right if that makes sense i mean i totally get what you're saying i'm just looking at it as like storytelling wise it would be great to see a blow off and allow big e and kofi to go their separate ways yeah um and they could have a pretty substantial feud that could be something that's main eventing several pay-per-views and whatnot um and then you would eventually have the reunion Right. Um, but I mean, if they want to stay together, they can stay together because they're great and I love them. Um, as for the street profits, Montez 100% needs to go on his own. Like, yeah, I think I think that's inevitable. Um, like he is just head and shoulders, and th- this is no disrespect to Angela Dawkins because he's really good. But Montez is special. Like he is legit special. Yeah, and uh, I think with the introduction of Bianca now, kind of running with him uh, or running with them, I should say, like the that. Uh, is only a matter of time. I believe. Yeah. Well, if WWE wants to steal some of these ideas, go ahead. Cause these are fire. Please do. The first five are free. That's always, yeah. that's been our motto on this show. <laughs> yeah. So if there's any WWE writers listening, please feel free to uh, drop us a line and use these ideas. Um, and now we got to pay some bills. We do. So we're going to take a quick break to talk about our friends over at bet online. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. 
Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bets Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Hello. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. All right. So we've paid the bills. We predicted WrestleMania 37. I surprised Jeremy. Um, but again, this is a one year one year anniversary celebration. So as fun as it is to just you know party with my co-host and my friend, uh, what's a party without a third person <laughs> at least? <laughs> so with that, let's uh, let's go bring in our special guest. For this one year, two jabronis with a wrestling podcast episode, we wanted to invite some guests and some friends onto the show because. Quite frankly, we're both fairly lonely and craving human interaction other than our direct <laughs> families. And uh, who the hell knew we'd make it to one year? And thus, uh, you know, we figured it was time to celebrate. Our first guest is an NBA writer and podcast host for The Athletic. But more importantly, a basketball coach and former professional wrestler. We'll dive into that a little bit later. Dave Dufour, welcome to the show, sir. Thanks for having me. I didn't even realize it was your like one year anniversary show. Yeah, man. We wanted to surprise you. So <laughs> welcome. Congratulations. No, I appreciate it. I'm honored. No, it's That's a big deal, man. It's it's really hard to do like podcasting and everyone thinks it's the easiest job. So you get no respect for. Oh, I'm, oh you got a podcast, too. Great. Right. If you yeah, don't yeah. realize how hard it is to do one, much less to do one for a year. You guys uh, every week. Every week, yep. yeah, a couple of bonus episodes sprinkled in there. We uh, like WrestleMania just passed, and we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But we uh, we were, we were going ham with those episodes, so it's uh, it's been it, it's felt a little bit longer. Um, but it, actually, it's been a year. So again, it's been like yeah. what, like sixty episodes, sixty Listen, I, sixty plus, yeah, yeah. I've I've been podcasting now for like f- almost four years. It'll be four years in August, and uh, it feels like it's been forty years. Yeah, right. So. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely in podcast years am, am up there. Well, there you go. You, I, it's it's always great to just have someone who understands like the uh, just the work that's involved and in, in everything else. So anyway, yeah. it's, it's by the way, it's a little weird for me personally to be talking to you directly because usually I'm just editing light years and uh, hearing you talk to Sam and Andy about everything NBA. <laughs> so definitely thrilled. Yeah, they, to you know, you they on. haven't had me on in a long time. Well, they wanted me. So, to, they wanted me to tell you hello, by the way. Yeah, and uh, well, I'll, I'll pass this message along. This clip specifically. <laughs> that uh, what the hell, dudes? So, yeah, uh, they know how to get in touch with me. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't you know? You don't have to send Ben. Right. Exactly. I'm gonna <laughs> jump right into the first question here. Uh, were you baking bread earlier today? I saw an amazing oh, yeah. pic you posted on Twitter. That that shit looked like it was restaurant quality. Okay, it actually it really is good. <laughs> It's some of the best bread that I've had in, in America. Um, it's a simple little recipe and it's, I like to try new stuff. And the other day um, may have been under, under the influence of something. I, I just really wanted some rosemary olive oil bread. Okay. I was like, <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to make this Yeah. how I think it's made. Sure. Now this works for me with cooking. So I, I'm, I'm very into food. Got a good palate, good nose, um, and I can figure stuff out. I can say, "Oh, you know what? This is missing that. 
this is, you know, it needs more of this. It, you know, yeah. this is in there. Yeah. Well, baking is more scientific. It's not jazz. It's not, it's not art. And so I was like, all right, how hard could it be? Well, my first, my first loaf was pretty pitiful. It tasted okay, <laughs> but it was pitiful. It was more like a scone. Okay. Like it was flat. It had no real shape to it. Yeah. The color was all off because I just didn't bake it right. And then my second attempt, I actually watched a couple YouTube videos. It was better. And then this third one, oh man, it's beautiful. I even I even did like this uh this like leaf pattern on the top. Was, I saw that. That's why yeah, I was thinking this is fancy. like yeah, this is some restaurant quality shit, man. It was I was really impressed. My wife was like walking by as I was scrolling through Twitter and she's like, Is that bread? And I was like, she's never interested in anything like I do, except yeah. she saw some bread and was like, that shit looks amazing. Listen, I'm going to shoot you the recipe. It's so please, easy to please make. Please do. My wife loves ta- bread. So here's the thing. What I am learning, and so I'm a patient person in general. Yeah. Um, what I am learning is that with bread and maybe all baking, I don't know because I'm not a baker, it is very much about being patient mm-hmm. and diligent. And so with this last one, I set it up. I was folding it every hour for a few hours. Then I let it sit in the fridge overnight folded it again. I actually made two mini loaves because I wanted to, you know, experiment with, uh, with what I was doing on top of the the loaf. And, uh, yeah, the time, the, the patience that I showed really paid off and it's, it's delicious. I I wasn't planning to eat it because I actually am not a huge (laughs) bread eater. Sure. You know, and, but when I do eat bread, I want to eat good bread. Yeah. And so I ate a bunch of my second batch because it was delicious. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to eat this. I'm just playing around with it. You know, it's going to cost me 10 cents. And really no time when you, when you add it all up, I have a, one of those, uh, those stand mixers, you know, like someone that actually bakes. Yeah. I actually, I use the meat yeah. grinder attachment, but, uh, more than I use the, uh, the, the dough part. And so it takes me no time. It really was no work to do. So I was just playing around with it. And then I tasted it and I was like, well, this is too good. And I ate a half of a loaf. <laughs> that was lunch that's incredible well yeah please please send us the recipe Um, yeah i will we'll we'll try to we'll try to catch up so uh the first question we always ask our guests um is their wrestling fan origin story because jeremy and i were we're children of the attitude era and we 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 love to set set it up uh like how did you get into this crazy crazy world i'm from richmond virginia okay and i was born in 1981 so it's impossible to have been born mid to late seventies, early eighties, and not be a wrestling fan in Richmond, Virginia. It just, you know, Saturday that, you know, at noon I was watching NWA wrestling and then, you know, turned into WCW. Um, We also got WWF television. So I got Friday night's main event as well. Um, And then they did a Saturday night show for a long time. Yeah. But, uh, uh, or like an early Saturday night show. And I used to watch that as a kid. And so it was just kind of always around and, you know, you're, you're a boy and you want to wrestle with your buddies and then, you know, you're practicing moves that you saw, you know, my, my era was the age when they started having to say, don't try this at home. (laughs) The, the, uh, the morning that never worked. Yeah. But this was before (laughs) the hardcore stuff got mainstream and they really had to do it. Hey, don't hit your friends with, uh, fluorescent light bulbs right like right? a barbed this wire was, bat yeah they were doing that those kind of things way before that for for my age group maybe we were dumb <laughs> we were dumber than our parents who also watched wrestling i don't know but 
yeah so that's what it was i mean i grew up in the south but far enough north that i got wwf and nwa and then you know there were always local wrestling shows you know the south is big for indies so you know we see all these people and uh you know go to the richmond coliseum and go watch rick flair in the mid 80s Wow. Cool stuff. It's a cool time to be a wrestling fan. Did not realize it at the time, you know. Definitely. So, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? God, it's such a hard question. G- give it's... us like a top top. Give you some Mount Rushmore. If you yeah, have. Mount Rushmore. I mean, well, the Mount Rushmore is going to be ev- like all of. I, I think all of wrestling fandom kind of has the Ric Flair, uh, Ricky Steamboat, Hulk Hogan, uh, Macho Man, all those guys. I would say I actually answered this on Twitter the other day. If I'm not if I'm not including the actual Mount Rushmore of wrestling, it's going to be the guys that came up in the early to mid nineties, the like Jericho. Uh, I, I love Bret Hart and he, nobody would put him in that same echelon as Hulk Hogan or stone cold or the rock or any of those guys. But I love Bret Hart. Um, love great Muda again, mid eighties, late eighties. Yeah. Uh, when I was watching wrestling sting and Muda, um, one of the best matches of all time, and uh, you know Muda coming over, and then Liger came over not long after. Um, that stuff all fed right into when they got to to Monday Nitro. But uh, but Muda, Bret Hart, Jericho, and probably Eddie Guerrero, who you know. Was oh, just, there we go. He was amazing. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. All right, so we were talking about this before we started recording. You used to be in the professional wrestling world. So like I just give yeah. us give us the rundown. Like how did this start? Why did it end? Like give us give us the full rundown. So, uh I was just, you know, I was an athlete my whole life and I was working at a gym and I met some guys who were wrestlers and I think that a lot of people's stories have kind of started that same way. Mm-hmm. Um but was a good athlete, loved wrestling as a kid. These guys invited me to come hang out, hung out Gave it a shot. Um, always was pretty comfortable uh, with the microphone and in front of people. So that was not an issue for me. I didn't have that. I didn't have any fears to get over as right. far as that went. Um, and I just enjoyed it. And putting on a show was a lot of fun. And so, you know, I did musicals and stuff in high school. Like, yeah. It was very up my alley. And then, you know, just got into it in a way that I never expected when I first started. I was like, oh, I'll check this out. And then really loved it because of all of the other stuff. I mean, performing was great and I, you know, I really enjoyed it and I think I did pretty well, but I really loved the business part because we ran a promotion as well. Um, I mean, I learned, I learned how to edit video because of wrestling You know, I learned how to do graphic design because of wrestling. I learned how to do, how to light a live event because of wrestling. I learned how to do audio because of wrestling. I learned how to, I learned how to book a venue. I learned how to book bands to play an event. Like I learned all these different skills that I use a lot of them. I still use today um, because of wrestling. So I I think I got more probably out of the business side. I I got injuries and stuff from the wrestling part. Oh, wow. You know, aches and pains. Um, But yeah, so I got into it uh, as like an outlet and and wound up turning it into a business for a while. That's great. What was your finisher? You know, it varied. I wasn't like... This is this. 
I don't know. I don't know what this podcast because I haven't listened to this podcast because I'm actually just coming back to wrestling. Right, which or, I want, or I, dipping my toe in the water. I want to ask we'll you about see. that after. Yeah, definitely. I got to see if I can do it in a healthy way. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I was uh, very much interested in the psychology and storytelling. Right. Involved in wrestling, and I liked the fact that my matches could be pretty unpredictable. You know, I didn't have to set like nobody had to sell a finisher for me um because might not have one yeah you know but when i did it was a top rope elbow macho man oh there you go three quarters of the ring you know big big elbow i get to land in the soft spot yeah i hit i hit my buddies hard that takes a lot of athleticism because it's depending on where they are good athlete yeah (laughs) that was a good athlete (laughs) absolutely um how, how close if did you get if at all to to wwe were you on that trajectory at all um that's a tough see that's tough to answer okay um just like politically i was not uh i didn't sign any deals sure um i did go to ovw and i did try out yeah and uh two of my buddies decided to stay at ovw and i declined right um that's it i was you know i didn't didn't sign a development deal i didn't do any of that stuff and honestly like even my indie touring was pretty pretty limited i did quite a bit of it but it, i kept it tight just because of where we were doing our shows like sure. we were doing our shows in richmond and so it was important to me to just kind of be around there right and then i guess kind of looking at the landscape now did you come across anyone during your time in the indies just like that's on tv now or it's like whether they're in wwe AEW, new japan like um yeah a lot of the guys that that have come up through next or nxt right um a lot of the guys that came out of fcw and then were in ovw when they went to fcw i at least met or or, you know hung out with um you know a couple of my buddies are still in the the business so uh i knew a lot of people through them and then you know on the indies you're constantly running into people right um so yeah i've met quite a few of these people so a lot of their dads too, <laughs> you know, a lot, so, a lot of second and third generation guys. Oh yeah. Um, so why did you decide to ultimately like step away from, from wrestling and the fandom and, and all that? Well, the people are kind of shitty. It's <laughs> okay. number one, right? I, I don't know if this is, I don't know if I need to censor myself. No, but, not, no at not at all. Um, Let it fly. Like, not at all. Let it fly. It, it's, it's, it's kind of an industry full of sharks yeah. to a degree. And I think, you know, anybody, painting the industry in any other kind of light is just lying to you. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of hustlers, not necessarily in a bad way. It's a lot of people working hard to get, you know, to live their dream. And sometimes you have to do stuff that maybe other people don't agree with. And so, yeah, I just didn't really like the people all that much. Not the people I worked with the people I worked with were great. These were my best friends. And we really just like, this is like the best time of my life building this thing with my friends. Yeah. Um, but, but the other people, and if I wanted to actually go forward and, you know, make a real career out of it, I was going to have to deal with people I didn't want to. And I mean, you know, I don't even have to name names. Like we all know the right, yeah. the worst actors. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that, and also, man, like, you know, you get like five or six concussions Yeah. in yeah. like six years, seven years, um, shit starts to weigh on you, especially cause this was, you know, late, late you know, right before 2010. So like 2007, 2008, I got a pretty bad concussion and was kind of fucked up for a couple of days. Yeah. And just Jesus. out of commission. Was that and the- of course, no health insurance. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. You're just jumping from 15 feet in the air <laughs> yeah. onto concrete. Yeah. You don't need health insurance. Right. 
And so I finally was just like, I can't do this forever. Yeah. And, and then I, I quit. I, I think I wrestled the last time, the last match I did with two, 2010 was the last match I did. Wow. So yeah. 10 years ago was, was the concussion, the worst injury you suffered? Was there anything more? Gruesome? I cracked my heel. Jesus. Um, yeah. Jesus that's Christ. awful. That is, it was terrible. It's the wow. worst pain I've ever experienced in my life. It, you'd be shocked how much sensitivity there is and how right. like, a lot of nerve endings, I guess. I don't know, but it hurt really bad. Um, my, our EMTs then dragged me to the back. Um, uh, but it was a main event match and there was, you know, there was eight of us in the match, so it was oh, okay. okay. So I disappeared for a minute. I got to come back out, not walking really. Uh, like Paul, you Paul pierced it. You Paul pierced it. No, I did not shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that That's fair. So how did all that lead you to covering the NBA? Like that, that's such well, a... so I was a basketball player sure. growing up. Okay. And I mean, you know, basketball was my favorite sport. It was my love. And then, so after I stopped wrestling, my wife and I moved to South Korea. She's in the air force. So we mm-hmm. moved a lot. And while I was there, I was working in a high school teaching and they just needed a coach for JV girls volleyball. I've told this story a lot. So, um, skip ahead if you somebody's <laughs> heard it before, but, um, I was coaching JV girls volleyball and really just enjoyed coaching. I was like, well, if I'm going to coach, I should be coaching basketball. And so I started kind of teaching myself like, all right, this is, this is the way I, I would want to coach. You know, I already had the, I already had like a, the mind for it. Um, a lot of coaching stuff is leadership anyway. And I, you know, running sure. my own business, you know, so I, I was prepared for that part of it. And then just trying to educate myself on how to be a basketball coach, which is a totally different thing. And so I started training kids in the gym, teaching them how to play basketball. And then I moved to Germany and I talked myself into a job I wasn't qualified for <laughs> at all. Uh, Who has took it over. Yeah, took it over. Uh, did well as a coach. Um, you know, got my teams promoted uh, to, to new leagues, which, you know, just like soccer. Um, and just, you know, it really, really took to it. And it's the, my favorite thing I've ever done is coaching basketball. Like there's, there's a part of me that, really doesn't even love covering the NBA because I would rather be in a gym coaching. Sure. It's just that it doesn't really work for my life. And, and also I I don't want to, I don't know. There's a, there's a certain aspect of you give up so much freedom in order to do the job. And I believe in a good work life balance. Right. So I just haven't found a way to, to coach and have it not take over your entire life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's how I got into that. And then I just started covering the NBA because um, Nate Duncan told me I should start a podcast. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. It's a huge mistake. (laughs) All right. So circling back to obviously this weekend was WrestleMania weekend. What were your, your, your first thoughts watching the show? Obviously this was a two nighter, which was rare. I've never seen that before. Um, And it It was was smart. It was. Uh, there was way too much wrestling. Uh, I mean, last year there was what, like seven hours? Seven worth straight. Of, yeah. yeah, it was crazy. So th- for them to split it up into two nights was smart. Uh, what were your initial thoughts of, of WrestleMania? So, I mean, the first thing that stands out, obviously, is that wrestling is meant to be done in front of a crowd. Right. Half the battle is you're, you're trying to draw that reaction. Yep. Yep. And when you're watching at home on television, you feed off that reaction from the crowd. I mean, I, I have well-publicized thoughts on how the NBA treats its live audience. Um, and I think that 
if you watched WrestleMania with no fans, you could see, wow, actually having fans invested in what's happening really enhances the product. That being said, I've watched a lot of wrestling with no crowds. I mean, it's a big part of learning how to wrestle is there's no one there. Sure. And you got to fake it. You got to mm-hmm. pretend there's a crowd mm-hmm. because so much of that stuff, it just becomes muscle memory. And you can see these these people were out there and kind of going through those motions. I think for the most part, they did great. There's a couple of things that I could quibble with. Like I would have loved to seen Randy Orton and Edge just decide, you know what? We're going to, I know this is a false count anywhere, but the best thing we could do is tell a story right in the middle of the ring. They can, and, and Randy Orton is like, he's best known. I know you guys probably think of the RKO, but when I think of him, I think of the rest holds. The guy's the king of a rest hold. But think about the storytelling that he and Edge could have done with a lot of, a lot of downtime, you know? Yep. Uh, whereas they were blown up and they were in the back and they were getting no help from the commentary team. So, you know, there, there are definitely things like that that I see differently than maybe the average fan. That match also shouldn't have been 37 minutes long. It was way too long. So, way too long. So long. So, so there, there were things that, you know, given no crowd, you know, you, you grade on a curve. There were a lot of really good matches. Yeah. There were a lot of matches that I thought were excellent. Um, but man, what a tough, what a tough show to do. I, I mean, I thought Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn made excellent work of no crowd. Fantastic. Like, they were great. It was great. Um, I actually really liked Shayna versus Becky as well because they seem to be working pretty snug and and you could mm-hmm. hear them hitting each other. And I liked that a lot. Yeah, I uh, even asked because I, again, I'm not familiar with a lot of these people and how they how they work. You know, who are the guys that or or women that uh that are stiff because they're going to come across way better right um you know everyone had to get more snug and and shana i i thought they did a really great job because they were they were slapping each other pretty hard <laughs> yep they were using the mic to their advantage i actually thought charlotte did a really good job of that as well using the mic like was she was match. actually yeah. speaking you know almost a normal voice instead of this yelling thing there were some yep. other people that were a little more awkward when you know pretending to talk and it was like I really enjoyed the the trash talk between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. I thought that mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. Um, and, and Kevin Owens obviously making the best out, out of a shitty situation and jumping off the top of the uh, the sign. That was pretty cool. What did you think of of the Boneyard and Firefly Funhouse? All right. So those are two of the best things I've ever seen in wrestling. <laughs> yes, right? Thank you. <laughs> two of the best things I've ever... First of all, um, both of those are like Vince McMahon's wet dream. That's what he has wanted... <laughs> their product to be since the eighties. He's, I mean, you guys remember the, the stuff that they did with undertaker and uh, Jake, the snake. I don't know if you've watched it on the network. I mean, they did a lot. They've done a lot of this type of thing. They've never done anything as good as this. I thought that boneyard match was the ultimate tribute. Like let's say undertaker. This is his last match. What a send off. Yeah. Perfect. They literally sent him off. <laughs> on a motorcycle i mean it's just it starts out as a horror movie which pays homage to his roots and then it goes into this western thing yep it's just i mean it was just it was beautiful it was great aj styles um i don't know when he started bumping like Shawn michaels um but he was just fantastic in that whole match doing everything that to to really make taker look like Taker at 35 instead of 55. That match was perfect, beautiful. The cinematography was excellent. 
the scenery was yeah it was it was just it was perfect use of this unique situation which is why i actually thought they should have done this with all the matches you had the time why not just hey work them all up and do them all in this movie style say you know what this is going to be a weird wrestlemania lean into the weird which is what they did with the boneyard match and the funhouse match and the funhouse match really leaned into the weird and now love this bray wyatt as the joker to john cena's batman yeah i thought it was just it was beautiful it was fantastic i know jim Cornette didn't love it because well he he doesn't love a lot of things i know <laughs> right kind of and, but brand. the thing is i agree with jim Cornette on so much right when it comes to wrestling like i think you having a good guy and having a bad guy is vitally important in every single match yeah even when it's two good guys somebody like it's just it's it's how the medium is. Somebody has to work that heel stuff because you've got to you've got to figure that out. And there are matches. Well, you know, I'm assuming they still happen when I was still very into wrestling. Too often you would have the double babyface match where you know it just looks like the guys are just giving each other everything. Yeah, you need to have a little bit of a struggle. Otherwise, who cares? You know, part of the art form is the struggle. Right. And so you know, I, I thought that those. Those cinematic things they did, it was very, you know, the the line of demarcation was there. It was very clear. And I, I just thought it was a really smart use of the of the space. And in particular, because they didn't have the crowd. Yeah. I don't think either of those matches matches. I don't think either of those segments happen that way if it's a normal WrestleMania. And right. I think they should be applauded for, you know, kind of taking the medium to a new place. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's- every every guy is gonna want a boneyard match now. Yeah, they are all going to want it. The Undertaker has a little 10-minute movie or 15-minute movie. He's going to show his grandkids. Yeah. They all and are going to want it. The Taker match went from one of them, like one of the matches that we were all dreading and expecting it to be one of the worst because, I mean, Taker just can't work the way that he does. He used to, to quite possibly the best thing on the weekend. And that was that was great to see. What covered also, up all of his issues. Right? Yep, yep. And then, like, the Firefly Funhouse match, like, there was barely any wrestling in it, and it still didn't matter. Like, it was great. Was there any wrestling? Like, maybe I don't 30 remember. seconds. 30 like seconds. Three, I know they sold end. a bunch of NWO shirts. Oh, yeah. Oh. I, <laughs> right? I, I, haven't, I haven't taken the plunge to buy an NWO shirt in years because I've just been – there's just been other wrestling shirts that have come across. I'm The sight of John Cena in one is what put me over. So I, that's definitely <laughs> coming in. You're not mail. a real wrestling fan if you don't have an NWO shirt with the sleeves cut off right. that you <laughs> yeah. wore to the gym. That's exactly. like a rite of passage. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I thought it was a really, it was a nice homage again to the past of WWE. And the, again, doing the, the Nitro stuff, I just thought they did a fantastic job of making it nostalgic and also trippy. Yeah. I really want to know who wrote it. So because it is excellent. That th- person should be making movies. I think the person who was in tra- I don't know if they I don't know who like filmed it and scored it and everything, but I think the person in who was had a hot big hand in putting it all together was Jeremy Borash. So he's uh he works behind the scenes in WWE obviously. Yeah. And he was working at Impact during Broken Matt Hardy. So that's yeah. I think that's when a lot of this went super mainstream was when Broken well, Man already kind of did it. I, yeah, I'm familiar. Yeah, the other guy, the other guy that worked on the 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 Broken Matt Hardy stuff, did the Boneyard match. Yeah, 
so it's so. i mean there's and it's just it's so interesting because matt hardy was just on wwe tv like a few weeks ago and you know that he couldn't do this stuff for whatever reason they kept playing up his like hot topic pants wearing hardy boy right like, they wouldn't let him of course, be broken because that's where they always go yeah they, they just yeah. kind of went back to the nostalgia like that works for jeff hardy because that's 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 his appeal that's his draw he also never changed that right like even when he he was part of the broken universe in in impact like he was still essentially jeff hardy and it was it was so frustrating to watch matt hardy not be allowed to even like explore this like they 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 let him dabble but they pull him right back and it was just so interesting that like he leaves and all of a sudden they just dive right in yeah it's a shame yeah but this is i mean this is sort of wrestling creative in a nutshell and and especially wwe it just seems like there are guys that they just can never figure out how to use that get they figure it out somewhere else, right? And and Matt is one of them, and Matt's super talented. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. the big question, all that was WrestleMania thirty six enough to suck you back in? I'm not sure. Okay, uh, I'm not sure. There, like again, without a crowd, it's so hard to judge. I did enjoy myself. Yeah. Um. You know, when I stopped watching wrestling, I wasn't using social media. Right. It's a whole different component where you're actually watching stuff with people. So that was kind of fun and interesting. And, you know, I love to make jokes and yeah, I just basically got to do a lot of that. Um, And then also, you know, I actually have some expertise in this, in this industry. So I could point out some things that maybe people don't know. Uh, So that was fun. I'm not sure though. Um, I was, I was a big fan of Bianca Belair. So if they're going to do stuff with her, uh, she's phenomenal. I'll stick around and watch some. Um, maybe I'm going to give it a few weeks. I mean, you know, I, I I need to go back and watch Raw from last night because I want to see, you know, how they addressed the fallout from the stuff at, at Mania. There's um, a I won't spoil. And then it. they're taking some time off, right? Um, TBD. There's a, I think they filmed. They've literally filmed up until tomorrow night. So tomorrow night okay. is NXT. I know AEW's filmed a few weeks out. Um, but they're in an interesting spot because, like, some people like Rhea Ripley, she had to go back to Australia or wherever she's yeah. from, and she's now stuck there, right? Like, because she can't obviously, like, with the the pandemic happening, like, she can't travel. So they literally are missing their what was their top NXT woman star uh, right. until WrestleMania. So that, I don't know how they're going to deal with all that, but um, it I mean, it'll definitely be be interesting i know they pre-taped a lot of stuff but tomorrow will kind of be that deadline and i don't know how how else they're going to play it because raw i don't know how the, the by the way side note the fact that they've been able to fill three hours of programming on raw for the past couple of weeks has been nothing short of impressive like i know okay but you you work in the content creation business yeah <laughs> you know you can listen you know you can just say all right we're on this show for instance okay we're gonna go watch uh Monday Nitro yeah. from uh, Mall of America. We're going to talk about when Lex Luger came out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, they do replay a lot of stuff. They end up playing uh, stuff from years ago, but it's still, I mean, the fact that they've been able to hang out this long has been has been super interesting. Um, all right, so I have a little bit of a, a little bit of a game here for you. So okay. I want you to take a stab at giving us your best NBA WWE comparison. For example. Right. So and it can be throughout history because I know you've kind of been okay, like, okay. out of it a little sure. bit. So it doesn't have to be from current. For example, in today's WWE, this is my comparison. You can you can both you can tear it to shreds or you can agree, whatever. I'd say the fiend right now is Giannis. OK, both both universally liked elite at what they do, but they haven't quite achieved like that top billing. I know the fiend won the title, but 
mm-hmm. kind of pulled it off of them pretty quick. Okay. Um, and they, but they could possibly be unlocked to achieve their greatest level if they left their current space. So I feel like that's a Warriors fan in you. That's a Warriors <laughs> fan. Yeah, what? yeah. How dare you? How dare you? Um, I, so, I, I tend to disagree with that as far as Giannis <laughs> goes. Uh, I think Giannis right now is like Tuesday in Texas Undertaker. I think he's like okay. just about to do his best stuff. Okay. Um, that's that's this is an interesting exercise. Uh, John Cena might be LeBron. Interesting. Because you know he's up there in age, but can still go. Like yeah. can still really go. Yeah. Um. Is is gonna be underrated by a lot of people yep. and loved by a lot of people. Yep. You know. Um. Like John Cena is a much better wrestler than he gets credit for. Obviously, he's good with a microphone. Yep. Um. Yeah. I think I think John Cena might be LeBron. I like that. I'm putting that in the title just because that's that's a huge uh, searchability grab. John Cena, there LeBron you go. James. Kind of maximize that SEO. Yeah, the SEO, baby. You know. That's how. Uh, man, this is so tough. I, I actually kind of wish you'd give me a heads up. I would have. Oh no, I'm sorry. Yeah, about sorry. This, this a is more. Uh, yeah. Well, you give me give me another one. Yeah, let me hear from you guys. I can feed off of it. Man, so the fiend Giannis one, I took a lot of time putting together because I wanted to troll both of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I was trying to find like a Steph Curry equivalent, kind of keeping it in the Warriors thing, where it's like, again, super liked, I think, in the beginning, but once he kind of made it, people just turned on him. I feel like Twitter. Well, I mean, that's Rey Mysterio. There you, oh, there you go. See? Right. Like, and I, even though, you know, you think about, we think about Steph being a small guy. Um, but this, it's true. Like, Rey Mysterio, when he first came up, man, everybody loved him. And then he started getting hurt. He got a little too big. Ooh, there we go. I actually, um, I actually feel that because every time Rey Mysterio, I used to love Rey Mysterio, love him. Yeah. Now when he's on, I kind of have that like that face of really. WCW Rey Mysterio is one of my favorite wrestlers. Incredible, he's yeah. excellent, incredible. Yeah. But the injuries catch up to all these guys, and then again, like he just put on too much size, and so like when you wrestle that style and you're that big, I mean it's tough. That it's might. Ex- I hope that explains why his son is so much taller than him. Like that, I, that has never been. You got to check it out if you if you his son's been on WWE programming in the past couple of months had okay. some spots with Brock Lesnar got F five by Brock Lesnar a couple of times this kid is huge and like it's it's still bizarre to me because Rey Mysterio and his wife they're not they're not tall people I'm not I'm not trying to like oh wow he really is tall yeah yeah he's right? massive he's like an NBA player he's like also, NBA player tall he's also training to become a wrestler and all this stuff stuff yeah um, huh it's uh. Yeah, there's some uh, some homework for you. you could check, oh, he's, you is he training that. with Lance Storm? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. So, um, it, that's that's been interesting. Uh, I love the fact. I love that comparison. By the way, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but but again, it feels a little too like on the nose, just from a because we think about Steph as being a small guy. Um, but it's it it is fair though. It is fair. Yeah. It is uh, it is very fair. How about uh, Clay Thompson's Mister Perfect? Ooh, that's solid. Oh, I like that. Yes, because he's just smooth, right? Yeah. If you Mr. Had... Perfect was the coolest guy. Oh yeah, Throw, towel towel throwing. He just kept, yeah. oh man, I'm, I'm also threw like a ninety yard touchdown pass. Yeah, himself, <laughs> super, <right>? super <laughs> yeah, fantastic, fantastic athlete. I was gonna say Roman Reigns is James Harden. Okay, talk talk does, me through this. Does, just because does he, like does he also travel. Yes, does he also. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking because he is a 
he's a wrestler that is kind of universally loathed because they're kind of force feeding him Forced down, down throat. the throat. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and James Harden is just one of those guys that everybody outside of Houston hates. Um, and it can it can overshadow how good he is. Yeah. Oh, that's like, I, I people don't realize how good like James Harden is phenomenal. But I watched WrestleMania 35 when the crowd did not care about Roman Reigns, and I could not understand it until you think about the context where yeah. it's like they're forcing him on the and crowd. He's really good. Like that's the yeah. thing. Like he is so good. Um, but he just doesn't get the respect that he deserves because he's he's Vince's guy, and like he Vince is always gonna put him in the in the spot that other people don't want him in. So that's kind of my thinking there. This is yeah. good. This was a fun that's, little activity. I enjoyed this. We, uh, yeah, we, that's uh, that's something to flesh out, though. I, I do think that uh, it is an interesting. It at least will let you know what someone thinks about. Sure. Either if they're a wrestling guy, what they think about a basketball player right. you know, in the zeitgeist. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good one. That's fantastic. All right, so yeah. I'll, I'll I'll send you off with this. We have one last question. So it's our one-year anniversary show, obviously. So give us your best podcasting advice so that we can keep this thing going another year and two years and three years more down the road. Um, I mean, it helps if you like your co-host. So I, I don't know if you guys like each He's other. All right. That helps. We're, He's uh, all right. we're, I'm um, about to super kick this dude through a barbershop window. <laughs> I threaten him that with that every week. You know what? Prep. There it is. Yep. Don't get lazy and just show up. Yep. I think that um, like when I, I don't listen to podcasts that much anymore mm-hmm. uh, just because I do so much like, right. podcasting. I just like, sometimes I just like silence, but I do think that there's a big drop off on shows that used to be good or could be better because right. they don't prep. If they prepped, it would be a better show. Um, but I've seen, there are other shows where you can tell that the, the prep took, took a downturn. Yeah. And I know all my best shows come when I get a chance to take 20, 25 minutes before the show, get all the bullshit out of the way, the, all the catching up, all the like, let me bitch about, you know, my job or whatever, you know, like get all that out of the way <laughs> before you press record. Right. And then you get a nice high energy show usually. And, and you know, that helps. Yeah. I yeah. like it. That's that's elite prep preparation yeah. and drink a lot. Oh yeah, that's I mean, we handle that. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I literally crushed an entire glass of white wine, heavy pour. I, yeah, during, I was I was wondering what the the white wine was an interesting choice because it's, it's you know it's pretty. It's uh just to give you some background on it. One of the segments on our show that we did early on, we haven't done in a while, was called the white wine hot take. Um, and we would just be like our our hot take in wrestling during that week. Uh, it, it's a shout out to one of our friends who like during a team outing one time when we were working at Bleacher Report, exclusively drank white wine. No explanation. The rest of us were like drinking beers and like a couple of cocktails here and there. This dude was just drinking white. It was incredible. It was an incredible move. And uh, it was just a, a little subtle shout out. I to respect him. it. And uh, also my wife bought a shit ton of white wine and she was like, we have to drink this. Um, right, literally, as I was coming out here, she was like, do you want some? And I said, absolutely. So uh, that's the move. I, if, nice. Watch the video <laughs> podcast for those of you who are just listening on the audio. Check it out. Um, but Dave, thank you so much for coming on, man. Tell people yeah. uh, where they can find you on the show, socials, plug anything you got going on. Uh, but we, I'm, I'm awful at <laughs> plugging stuff. So yeah, just I'm at the athletic. There he, he there That's he is. It. He's got a. I, I am, I am out of 400 people at the athletic. I am maybe the 399th 
uh, most important person I, at the outlet. I don't think that's true. So, you're very you're very humble. I uh, spend a lot of time trying to make everybody look good. That's <laughs> that's my favorite job at the athletic. Well, there yeah. it is. Yeah, all my stuff's at the athletic. That's it. Follow or Dave Twitter. on Yeah, follow Dave on Twitter at Dave Dufour NBA. Dave, thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun, and we'll uh, we got to have you back on soon. This was this was fantastic. yeah, it was a pleasure. Uh, and hopefully, I can hopefully I can stay interested in wrestling. Just just let us know. Let us know if you have. Any it's questions. hard. Yeah, it's hard. There were moments the other night where I was like, God, do I want to have one more match? Hey, look. <laughs> no, it's an awful idea. It's a terrible <laughs> idea. Don't encourage it. Uh, but Benjamin, look, that's that's us every week. We're like, are we really going to watch more of this? Like until the pandemic, like we were like ever. We there there'll be times where we. I mean, it was like so, nine hours of wrestling every week. Yeah, it's, nine hours. So it's like you know there'll be times where like our significant others would like right before us recording, you'd hear them being like, really again with this shit. Um, you guys, just, are, you guys are complaining about watching nine hours a week. I cover the NBA. That's true. You, uh, yeah. that is I'm just that. That's fair. That's yeah. You're, you're complaining to the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave. Thank you so much, man. We'll catch you soon. Thank you. All right. So let's jump into the Wednesday night wars. Uh, there was actually some substantial things happening last night, uh, in the world of wrestling. First of all, uh, I just want to lead off and talk about the women's matches on both shows Please. because yes. I, on AEW, had Britt Baker versus um, uh, Hiraku Shida. And then you had the women's ladder match for the number one contendership on NXT. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and jump off with, with Britt Baker. Uh, because though she lost this match, this was quite possibly her best match in AEW. It was incredible from a storytelling perspective. Um, she 100% has become the best heel in the company. Yep. Um, what she's doing with her character and becoming this smug asshole has just worked to a degree that I was not expecting. Um, and in the ring, she's become much better than she was when she first started. She still has her moments where she comes off a little slow and, and sluggish in, in, in her moves. But I think with her heel persona, it's starting to work to her advantage. Um, she got her nose broken last night. And it was Dude, bloody. That, it was, was all, that was a hell of an image. Yeah. Um, it was all over the place. Um, but I fully expect her to be the champ by the end of the year at the rate she's going. She has shown so much improvement that I can't foresee AEW not putting the belt on her. I mean, like, we, it's just, we thought she was going to be the first women's champion. Right. So, But, it, it but from then to now, she's head and shoulders above where she was. Like yes. She's just improved yeah, yeah, yeah. at this rate that I did not foresee. Um, and it's great. And it's great for AEW because they need uh, women's stars. Yep. Um, I know Nyla is the champ right now, but I think Britt Baker is already eclipsed her as in terms of her stardom. Yes. Britt Baker is great. Um, so that's my prediction. Is she's the champ by the end of 2020 in AEW. Um, at the same time this match is going on, NXT was putting on the, the women's ladder match. Now, uh, we'll spoil it for you. Io's the winner. And I think we all kind of expected that. Yes. Like, out of the, the crew that was in the match, Io just stood out in terms of like her her stature and the match that she could have with Charlotte. Now, I don't know how you felt, but for me, this match left a little bit to be desired. Um, I thought it was okay. It wasn't great. Um, I thought I thought EO, Dakota, Tegan, and Candace all showed out. Yes. Um Chelsea Green, I she looked lost to me. She didn't look good at all. Um, and Mia just seemed like the, the odd person out. Like she doesn't really have a feud in this, right? The uh, feud with Raquel Gonzalez. Um, that's my assumption, but yeah. Um, Io was really great. Candace was great. 
Um, and obviously Dakota and Tegan are continuing their feud, but um, the match itself was a little bit of a mess to me. What did you think? Yeah, no, I mean, the right person won at the end of it. So like that, I think that's the most important thing. And I mean, I think I enjoyed it overall. I, I Again, I do think ladder matches like that, they really need a crowd. I think with a crowd, that right. match is infinitely better. Um, right. Just because, again, like, so kind of going back to WrestleMania 36, right? Like, w- we thought the same thing going into Kofi, uh, J- Morrison, and-, and Jimmy Uso, and they-, they ended up actually doing really well. But I think it's because there was less of them where it made that ladder match actually more consumable. With all of this, it was like, it was very chaotic. But usually in that chaos, like the crowd adds to it, right? So you're not like, so I think it was just missing that ingredient because overall it was a really good match. It was a, it was a really good uh, ladder match and it had it had a, a couple really good spots. That, that man, that I don't care how many times I see it, that fall from a ladder onto another ladder, that shit always looked like it hurts. So like, yep, mad respect to to Candice LeRae for that final bump she took from Io. But um, yeah, I think overall it was good. It. I I might have set the bar too high in my head um, just because given who was involved, but ultimately the right person won. And I think this is setting up for like EO Charlotte is going to be, I mean, it's going to really be fire. Good. Yeah. Really, good. really good. good. I actually think EO can win that, like will win that match. Um, Cause I just don't know how long they're going to keep the belt on Charlotte. So yeah. And it, Hey, like, I mean, hopefully Rhea Ripley gets back here. I mean, um, according to reports, she's, she's in the States. Is she back? Yeah, I think she's in the states. I think she's been in the states. Okay, so if like her taking on EO for the title, that's that's money. Yeah, uh, like I want to see that ten times out of ten. And yeah, like Charlotte, that could have been just been a WrestleMania, WrestleMania moment, a WrestleMania thing. So moving forward with EO versus Rhea would be fantastic. And yep. you know that th- that's definitely the right move. And I mean, dude, EO beating Charlotte. That would give her all the clout. Like that's yep. that would be it, it would be immense for her character. Yeah. Um moving on to some other AEW things. AEW was actually pretty pretty good last night. Uh, the TNT championship tournament started. Cody beat Sean Spears in the main event. Yep. That was to be expected. I mean, Cody, we all know where this is going. They set up the bracket and we all know it's Cody versus Lance Archer for the TNT title. Right. That's how it's gonna be. If it isn't, then something crazy is going on. Um the match itself was fine. Um, it was a Cody Sean Spears match. We know what we're getting out of those two. Um, I want to talk mainly about this promo that Cody cut on uh, AEW's social account. It was a seven-minute promo of him in a room alone smoking a cigar, just going into the tournament and breaking down each each combatant. And it was um, another Cody classic in my eyes. Um, it was. It told a story. It was. It, it was uh, withdrawn a little bit. It made us seem like a badass. It really leaned into the American Nightmare character that he had when he went to New Japan and Ring of Honor. Um, and I, I just, I can't wait for him to be in front of a mic every time he talks now. Like, I, cu- I couldn't foresee myself saying that four or five years ago or when he was in the WWE. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I never thought Cody would be this masterful on a mic. Um, he continues to cut fire promo after fire promo after fire promo to the point now where he is no one's going to match Paul Heyman ever sure. Paul Heyman is the greatest of all time when it comes to promo skills but he is on a level where he is 
a few steps behind. Yeah. Um, he just knows how to get in touch with the emotional side of things and get in touch with the crowd like no other uh, wrestler knows how to do. Um, and I think it's special and, and it's really elevating him to a top tier in terms of wrestling uh, around the world. Um, and then lastly, Matt Hardy challenged Chris Jericho to an elite deletion match at the Hardy compound. So we are going to see um, the pre-taped skills that everybody wanted to see Matt Hardy do bring to WWE and he's bringing it to AEW and it's going to be fucking incredible because those two are masters at their skills or at their game. So, and since, um, uh, since WWE finally dabbled into it without him, I think Matt's going to have an extra chip on his shoulder to make this shit extra weird, but also fire. So it's, yeah, and Chris, I'm, I'm really I don't, I don't know if you've been noticing, but like Chris Jericho is leaning into this like really hard. Like he did his own last week on, on dynamite where he like chased out uh Vanguard one. He was in a hot tub and leather yeah. pants. And, yeah. Um, they're both really into this idea. And I think we have something special brewing. So uh, when that happens, we'll be sure to break it down in real time. Cause that is probably going to be really, really great. That might have to be a, something we watch live and react to yep. live because the, I mean, we both lost our minds during the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match, and we unfortunately only got the Firefly Funhouse uh, match. Yeah, because we weren't expecting Boneyard to be that great. Right. So it's like so we after the match, I remember texting you being like, "We got to hop on the video." Yeah. <laughs> like we have to, uh, we got to go change change this thing. So before we we hop off, one more thing to touch on uh, was the I guess what they fra- they framed as the final match between Tommaso Ciampa. And Johnny Gargano, an hour long match. I guess match. I guess you could say. Let, let's just throw it out there. Cinematic let's, experience. Yeah. What What did you think? I'm lobbing it up to you. So very long, and <laughs> so long. Um, while I enjoyed certain parts of the cinematic aspect of it, um, I would prefer just to have a regular match with these two. I don't understand why we needed to do this style of match. Yeah. Uh, it's not like these guys can't work. They could put together an hour match and do it live. Like, why can't we just do that? Um, it felt awkward. It didn't feel as natural as the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match because those matches leaned into those characters. This was just them beating the shit out of each other for an hour in a poorly lit stage. Like, why can't we just do a normal match? Felt, That's well, That was my biggest takeaway. No, so I agree in that like it felt like a halfway between a regular match and a cinematic match, right? And it's just like it sat in this weird this weird zone where it just didn't feel comfortable because mm-hmm. these are two of the best workers in the fucking company. Like why are we right. like either go all the way or like you said let them run it live and it would it would be incredible. So th- that was my biggest issue was like they almost didn't pick a lane. Right. And so anyway, that that aside, too, is like we had just everyone has just spent the entire weekend complaining how long Randy Orton edge was. And that was 36 minutes. We we're like, oh, it's too long. Yep. This, that and the other. And obviously this was filmed previously and, you know, probably a few weeks ago. So no one knew at that time that Edge Orton was going to go that long or, you know, that Boneyard and Firefly were just going to erupt the way that they did. So I think if they could run it back, they would either have run this before Mania, kind of like in that, uh, kind of how like Keith Lee defended the uh, the North American title before Mania, right? So that way, 
we maybe we don't have these preconceived notions of of that or those preconceived feelings about this match. Anyway, yeah. So biggest takeaways: too long, and they really really should have picked a lane. I, I didn't I didn't enjoy the halfway aspect of it. Candice's involvement was a little bit weird for me. That was so weird. Like like she dro- she was, literally dropped it took me out of off. the moment. Yeah, it dropped. She dropped him off. <laughs> to the match site at the beginning, like she was dropping off her kid to go to school. So it was like, all right, this is already felt a little weird, but I was like, ah, I can vibe with it. Like it's at, it's at a site that's not the performance center. That's fine. But then yeah, her coming in at the end being like, what are you guys doing? And then I hate my husband. Then she like kicks him in the nuts. And then you're like, okay, well like I did like the, the human aspect that it brought out of Tommaso where he was like, Oh damn! Like mm. your, your wife just screwed you over, and then they got pulled back out again when she like kicked him in the nuts. And is she heel now? Is that the thing? Like, is I she think, a heel? Yeah, I think both of them. Well, obviously Johnny is, and I think she's just kind of joining him on that dark side. But yeah, man, it was it was a little strange, a little strange for me. It was yeah, it didn't add anything to the story to me. It just felt forced. Um, the one thing I will say that I really, really enjoyed was, I don't know if you caught this, the killer cross Scarlet Bordeaux, uh, um, appearance at the very end. They're in the car. Oh, so when, when Candace and Johnny are walking in the parking lot, they pass a black car. And if you pause it, you could see killer cross and Scarlet Bordeaux sitting in the car. And I fucking lost it when I saw that. I turned, I turned my stream off. Right, I was the, like, holy shit, what a way to get them involved. Because obviously they've been teased. Right. They were in the, in the, the last promo. So now we're getting Killer Cross versus Jarda Gargano. Um, but I just love the little introduction of them at the very, very last minute. That was, to be honest, that was my favorite part of the match. Wow. Well, there you go. See, surprises happen on this show. I guess this this is you surprising me. So <laughs> I appreciate it. All right, everyone. Uh, it's it's been a long, long week, and this is actually like I feel like this is like our f- fifth episode show, yeah, <laughs> of the week. But thanks for hanging in there with us this week. Thanks for hanging in there with us this whole year. We've uh, we've got more stuff coming uh, throughout, and we're, we're you know we're gonna we're obviously all cooped up at, at the house right now, cooped up at home. So we'll be pumping out more content for you to enjoy. Uh, the video podcasts are here to stay. Uh, I warned Jeremy. So, uh, you know, that'll be, that's, that's the new that's part of the repertoire now. I, so, I need to make, I need to make sure that my, my studio area looks a little bit cleaner and I get, nicer. Yeah. I got to get like a back wall to this thing. Cause I know it's a little bit awkward <laughs> for everyone to kind of see like, I just like seeing the booze. Like you got all the booze there. Yeah. I just have like a macho man poster and the rest of my, like, well, Star the macho Wars man thing. poster is very on brand. So it's like, yeah, that, that, that can be in there. I'll, we'll, we'll work on the aesthetics over here. Also, this is now my chance or our chance to plug our YouTube channel. We officially have one. So find us on two jabronis with the wrestling podcast on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button over there. I still haven't perfected like the point here thing. Where is this? Where's the camera? Oh, we'll get there. Well, yeah, we got to get there. I'm just used to saying it on, um, on podcast. You got to point anywhere. So, um, with that, don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcasts. And if you're one of our fantastic Apple podcast users, Please, please, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And uh, if you're feeling spicy, leave a review. Make sure you follow us on social at 2 Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Follow us at 2 Pod in the BR app. Follow us and subscribe to the podcast on YouTube at 2 Podcast with a podcast. Follow me personally at Jeremy A. Loss on Twitter. 
And you can follow Ben at Cruise Control on Twitter. That's Control with a K. We're expanding. A lot of stuff to follow us on, but just just keep up. We're uh, we're we're gonna keep it rolling. Thank you. At least you. it's all the same name, and it's not like super long. Like, uh, doesn't matter which podcast it's called. Yeah, still love that though. Still love it. Still uh, yeah. Love that anyway. Thanks. Thanks so much to uh, to Dave Dufour for joining us on today's show. And uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna start dabbling into some more guests. We can use uh take advantage of this Zoom technology because everyone's I mean, kind of sitting at home. Nobody has things to do, so like we'll do we'll do more uh, guests. We might do some watch-alongs, like some old yes. WrestleManias or old old pay-per-views. So I mean, there's gonna be some some cool content coming. We'll do that. All right, everyone, don't be a jabroni. Keep staying home. Keep washing your hands, and we will see you next week. Peace. Stay safe, everybody.